0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Dweb Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In conversation with Napoleon Bradford is a new three-part podcast series delving into the life of the Wall Street All-Star. Napoleon Bradford's autobiography is coming soon. My name is Jason Allen Jackson, and today I am here again with the man, the myth, the legend that is known as Napoleon (laughs) Brantford. That's the final time that I'm going to say that, and I'm kind of sad. But how are you today? I'm doing really well, buddy. Well, today I wanted to discuss and really dive into the book, actually. What was the reasoning behind writing your book?
1: I was encouraged by the uh, African Americans in the business that I had a wealth of knowledge that they didn't attain because I was part of the original firms in the early 80s that started the investment banking firms owned by Blacks on Wall Street. And I was like the youngest of the six firms that had partners. And so, with this history, and then also, too, I was the only one that really covered the entire nation. I had a great perspective on the uh, attitudes and opportunities throughout the country.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, the title of the book, well, a portion of the title is Making It.
1: The total title of the book is
0: Making It, How to Be Black and Successful in America. And so I really wanted to ask you, when did you realize that you made it to your destination or the destination that got you here?
1: Well, I think there was a two-step process. One was I had, when I first got started in the municipal bond business in Dade County, I used to be an institutional investor, and I would always say, man, I would love to be able to work for one of the top 10 firms on Wall Street. Then when I started my firm, I thought, wow, I want to be in the top 10 firms on Wall Street. And so we accomplished that in 2010. Uh, we were ranked number eight among all firms in Wall Street, in the municipal bond business. That's eight out of 300. We finished just ahead of Wells Fargo and just behind Goldman Sachs. So that was like a major accomplishment. And so it was the first step. So I realized I would made it in business, but in terms of life, I think when I bought my residential apartment on The World, Residency, which is the only floating residential apartment-owned ship in the world. And then we were able to travel around the world for eight and a half years. And I think when I really realized it, I think it was like 2013, we were selling from Lisbon to Bilbao, Spain. And we were out in the ocean And the sun was out, no waves was blowing, you know, it was like very smooth, 75 degrees having lunch. And I said, wow, people actually live like this every day. From that point forward, I knew I had arrived, especially since, you know, Sharon and I were the only African-Americans to ever own on this ship, even today. And so I said, wow, it was a measure of success especially when we had visited six continents, had been to like 90 countries and probably 800 port cities, not including the cities that we got off the ship and visited. And so I realized that I was a person of the world. And one of the things that was very exciting is recognizing how privileged we are to live in the United States. When you go to the rest of the world, and you see the obstacles, the barriers, the caste system, the racism, the no laws. It's just like we're just so blessed to live in America. And I wish most people, not just people of color, but most people can get out and see the rest of the world. I think it would bring people together better and have a greater appreciation for where we are. People should strive for that because it'll give you a different perspective. And like me, I don't it may become the subject a little bit, but I watch virtually no national news in the United States. I watch all the international news from Germany, from France, from the United Kingdom, from Japan. I get like 25 newspapers from around the world because the United States is so narrowly focused on itself that it doesn't understand the position that we are in and what our real challenges are. And so... I always want to keep that global perspective, even though I'm not traveling around the world like I used to. But I still try to do the same things and read the same things I used to, to have a greater appreciation for where we are as a nation.
0: Eight out of 300. You know, I could only imagine that that climb was a little difficult. But I got to really ask, like, did you make enemies on the way up? Uh, yes. There was With competing firms. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. The, the And that's the thing that I think people and It'll come out in my book. The racism was not dealing with the conservative clients that I had. It was the competition from the big firms. If you worked at Goldman Sachs or Merrill Lynch or Citibank and you lost a deal to me, you had to go back and explain to your boss, how did you lose this deal to this little firm based out here in California that happened to be owned by the brothers? That was a very difficult job, and so I experienced a lot of jealousy from various people in the industry.
0: Throughout your career, was there anything that you regretted, or was there anything that you'd do over?
1: Uh, no, because it's my view of how I got to where I am. I never forget. I got asked that question uh, when I was at Nova University doing my first entrepreneurial seminar with that university, and the black lady professor asked me a question, what was the biggest mistake that you made? And I thought about it, and then the answer I gave her was not the one she was looking for, which is I didn't make any mistakes because everything I did was part of my journey. And so there were detours, there were roadblocks, there were blind spots. But if I would have changed one thing, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, it's, so that's a different perspective. So I am totally love where I am I am today. And so if I to just changed one thing, went to work for a different firm, chose a different career path, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And so it's all part of a journey, it's sort of like a mission. I was going to take the hill. Whatever I had to do to take that hill, I'd have to take it. Whether I got wounded or I got shot in the leg, or I cramped up or whatever. The only goal was to get to the top of the hill. And so getting to the top of the hill, you know, there are all kinds of obstacles and challenges, but there's not one thing I would change.
0: As we were talking about the idea of legacy, I know that you hate the words pioneer because it kind of makes you feel old. But I want to know, like, what do you feel is the legacy that you're leaving behind?
1: I hope what I'm leaving behind is you can take a kid who's born to a working class woman raised by a single parent that instills the word in you at a young age, teaches you the value of work, the value of money, and the desire to achieve something in life, and then you strive for that, you can actually reach that if you don't give up. If you have what the old people used to call stick-to-itiveness, you can really achieve anything in life, especially in today's world where the opportunities are so vast. And you can't look at the obstacles You just say, okay, there's a problem right here, do I go through it? Do I go around it? Do I jump over it? But I'm getting past this roadblock in front of me. And so that's what I did in trying to achieve the status that I desired on Wall Street. And my ultimate goal was to do three things in life. I wanted to play professional basketball, but I got hurt. And then As you read about in the book, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done that did not allow me to continue on that path. But I figured out about three or four years later, what were the things I wanted about professional basketball? One is I wanted to travel. Two, I love competition. And if you think professional basketball the Super Bowl's competition, that's not real competition. You go up against Goldman Sachs fighting for a billion dollar deal. That's a real competition. And the third thing is I wanted to be financially independent so I didn't have to rely upon the system or other people to control my wherewithal. And so those are the things that drove me to be successful. And so all of this came out using all the resources I accumulated in my lifetime. All my experiences growing up from a kid to in Rachel's house all the way up to being number eight, all of that can be used at some point in time in your life struggle to achieve the success you want. And uh, I'm just so glad that I found my uh, calling and I did it to the best of my ability.
0: So I know you're always on the move and I guess now you have the ability to just relax, but I know that's not you. What's your next move? Well, my
1: next move is to get this
0: book published.
1: And outside of that, basically what I do it, I just mentor young people A lot of people work for me. Uh, They still call me all the time. And then there are people in my old firm, uh, the young people, they have no history of what was accomplished. And so as they struggle, figure out how to do business, you know, I volunteer my time to help them out. But any of the principals of the firm who want my advice, they have to pay for
0: it. I like that. Well, it truly has been an honor to talk with you and to pick your brain, and I commend you for opening up and allowing us to experience you in this one-on-one talk, truly.
1: No, it's been a privilege to do this, and this is one of the things I like doing. I spend most of my time, when I travel now, going to universities and having Either one-on-one meeting with students or a small group or speaking to groups in business and finance and politics about opportunities that they should be striving for.
0: Well, if you enjoyed my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend known as Napoleon Branford, be sure to look out for his book titled Making It How to Be Black and
1: Successful
0: in America. Much love and success to you, sir. Thank you. Napoleon Branford's autobiography is coming soon.